Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Everybody, I am so excited to have uh, on the phone with me, I guess you could say, in the studio, in the virtual studio with me today, Aisha Cogborn. She is a total rock star in the uh, branding, the personal branding world and the speaking world. Aisha, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Bridget. I absolutely love the podcast. Ah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I'm a huge fan of you as well. So you have a company called the Epiphany Institute. Tell me, when did it hit you? When did you have your epiphany that being on the microphone is what you were supposed to do? Well, you know what? The funny thing about it is I think I realized it when I was in fourth grade. And I remember going to a school assembly. Remember how you used to do those school assemblies and you go to the auditorium or the cafeteria sometimes, the cafetorium, they'd call it, and you'd have this speaker. And I remember this particular day, our speaker was actually Les Brown. This was at the start of his career because I I got a few years on me. (laughs) So (laughs) this was at the start of his career because he was actually speaking at broke elementary schools. And I remember sitting in the audience and thinking to myself, I want to make people feel the way that he made me feel. And then I went to lunch and I forgot about it. I didn't think anything else about it. But over the years, speaking kept coming back into my life. As I, when I was a teenager, I started doing speaking competitions. And then even once I, I even when I was in college, I, I would get asked to speak at different events and at elementary schools. And then in corporate America is when I started speaking professionally and facilitating training and whatnot. But it was just one of those things that could not get away from me. And so I guess I finally realized that, okay, this is who you are. And so you need to figure out how to just be who you are. I like what you said about you were thinking to yourself that you wanted to be able to make people feel the way Les Brown made the audience feel, or at least made you feel. And so for you, speaking was more about it was about emotions more so than it was about that, that thing that we associate with speaking, the actual getting up there and talking for you. It was about emotions. Talk to me more about that because you're, you're a dynamic speaker. You're a powerhouse. Talk to us more about how do you get your audience to, to have those emotions that you saw Les Brown do with you back in, back in the day. Well, I think, and and it's evolved a bit in my thinking even since then, but as a a nine-year-old, I just remember there used to be boring speakers that would come and he wasn't boring. And he made me feel like I could, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound. And there, there was just something about that, that even once I became a speaker and although I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself to be a motivational speaker. I am very much a, you know, here are the tips. Here's how you apply it. That is, is my approach. But in doing that, 
one of the things that I, I, no matter what your topic is, it's still very important to know how to connect to the head and the heart. And when you learn how to connect to people's hearts, that's where you can get to real transformation. And that's when people really are sitting on the edge of their seats because they want to hear what you have to say. And not because of who you are, not because you've just impressed them, but because you've connected to something important on the inside of them. So it's very much about them. It's not about you. It's about them. But you've got to be able to step back and think about who your audience is and what is it that they need from you? What are they struggling with? What do they want? What is that that thing that's going on on the inside of them related to your topic that you need to connect to on a deeper level? So everybody, Aisha is a personal brand strategist, as I indicated, and she's a coach. She's got two decades of experience teaching experts, consultants, and thought leaders on how to make a greater impact with their messages. She's also a podcast host herself, the author of multiple books, and she's the founder of the Platform for Purpose Incubator. It's a comprehensive program that helps you develop that confidence and that competence to share your voice on bigger platforms as a speaker, as a writer, as an on-air personality. Now, Aisha, you've worked with all kinds of people, all kinds of experts, all kinds of speakers. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges you've seen with speakers? I think one of the biggest challenges that I've seen is people not connecting to their authentic voice. I've been, and I know it's, it's happened for you too, Bridget, where you can be in a room and you hear a speaker and you can close your eyes and say, yep, I know who they admire because they sound just like someone else. And it is, you know, we, we all can get into, get to a point where we emulate people that we admire, but sometimes it isn't natural for us. It really isn't suited to our, our true personality. Uh, just like we have different personality types, whether you do Myers-Briggs or DISC or whatever, just like you have there are different personality types there, there are different personality types when it comes to your personal brand or when it comes to who you are as a speaker. And in the research that I've done and working with clients over the past couple of decades, I've, I've Notice that there are five dominant personal brand personalities, which really connect into who you are as a speaker as well. And when you identify what your personal brand personality is, you can really fine tune your voice in a way that feels authentic to you instead of trying to wear somebody's shoes that don't fit you. So whether they're too big, whether they're too little. Those shoes don't fit you. And so you've got to find the shoes that fit you. Yes, you are spot on about that uh, in terms of finding the shoes that fit you and making sure that you that you give your audience you uh, yes. as opposed to. And why is that so hard, though, uh, Aisha? Why is that? What happens? Why, why is that so tough for us? Well, you know, sometimes we come to the table thinking we don't have anything to offer. So we look at it and, and you may be somebody that is 
maybe a little more laid back, a little more reserved, and you look at your favorite speakers, and they may be very dynamic and energetic. And so you think that that's who you have to be, but that's not who you are. And so if you try to be that, it's not going to feel good to you. And to a discerning audience member, it's not going to feel good to them either, because even though it may sound good on the surface, it's not authentic. But when you understand who you are and can settle into that and, and know how to really play to your strengths, then you can, if you're laid back, that's fine. You can still be very effective being who you are instead of trying to emulate somebody else. And, and in those five personal brand personalities, I've found that there are five dominant uh, personalities, which are the expert, the teacher, the influencer, the thought leader, and the motivator. And they all have very different styles on the platform. Which one are you? I'm the expert. And so one of the things about the expert is when we are on the, the platform, we tend to share from our knowledge and our wisdom. So it is lived experiences. So I'm not teaching you something I read in a book. I'm teaching you something I've lived or that I've seen multiple times again. And so what makes um, an expert so valuable to their audience is because they know how to help you to apply what they're sharing. It isn't just, I heard this or I'm parroting what I heard someone else say. You, you're confident in your expertise and you can also be very quick on your feet. So you're good with Q&A. You don't need as much prep time as maybe someone else needs because this stuff is in you. But on the flip side of that, a challenge that experts sometimes need to look out for is making sure that we don't get so ingrained in the transfer of knowledge that we forget to be people because at the end of the day even if you are in a corporate training being taught the most technical thing if somebody has a personality if somebody can be a person a real person and remember that you're a real person sitting in that audience as you're listening to them that experience is going to be so much more enjoyable for everybody so if you're an expert then you you've got to make sure that you just don't get so ingrained in that, in that knowledge that you forget to be a person. Which one of those personality types or speaker types, if you will, do you think is the one that is most common among speakers? And then I'm also going to ask you, which one do people think they are, but they're not really? Which one do people most want to be, but that's not really them? I think the one that people most want to be is the motivator. And the motivator is, is the Les Brown. It's the person that's big and dynamic, like a, a Lisa Nichols, like those types of people that just, as soon as they hit that stage, they just take up the room and they make you feel amazing. And they're clever and they're witty. And, you know, you are just on 10 when they're done. And a lot of people try to be that, but that's not who you are. But the thing is, they're not the only effective speakers. And there's a time and a place for everything. Because one of the, even people who are dynamic in, as motivators, one of the things that they have to be careful of is that they actually give you something practical. Because it's like, okay, I feel good today, but then what happens tomorrow? 
Did you give me anything that I can actually implement? Is this going to change my life? Or once I take a shower, is this going to wear off? And so if you are a motivator, then you've got to figure out how to help people to implement not just to feel good in that moment. and th- But there are people like if you're an expert or if you're a teacher even, those are things that you're just naturally gifted at. You are going to be very practical in your approach. Mm. What is your favorite topic or two on which to speak? I mean, I know you have this, the, the branding and the uh, speaker personality, if you will. I mean, is... Is that, are those your, your favorite topics? What do you love speaking on? For me, it's all about helping people to be able to connect their purpose and their passion with their profession. And so in doing that, I, I do a lot of work in corporate America where we talk about what does personal branding mean as someone working within an organization and you want to actually be able to capture more of the opportunities that you want to advance or to do the things that you want to do, or you want to be able to know how to sell yourself, how to position yourself, how to talk about uh, the, the value that you bring to an organization. And so part of that is getting people to understand that it's important because generationally, a lot of us have been taught to let your work speak for itself. You just put your head down and you do get work and people will notice we don't live in that world anymore. And especially if you work for a large corporation where, you know, your leader may be on the other side of the world or today where most people are working remotely. And so your manager may not even really know what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And so we've got to know how to position our value and then also how to be able to understand that unique contribution that you bring to the table based on what I like to call your tale of the tape. So your talents, your abilities, your passions, and your experiences. And we talk about your experiences, not just your, your professional, your educational experiences, but what are the things that have happened in your life, good or bad, that have shaped who you are the way you see the world and the way you relate to people. So when you can figure that thing out and you show up and you own that in the organization you work in or as an entrepreneur, that's going to make all the difference in the world for you. When was a time that you had a misstep with a presentation where you feel like you're making all of the difference you're inspiring people you're motivating people you're giving them your expertise since you're the expert you're doing everything that you're telling us to do but then there was like this hiccup when was the time that happened and what did you do how did you how did you fix it what did you do I think one of the missteps that I made early on in my speaking career is trying to do too much. (laughs) So, you know, we want to bring all this technology in and we want to play music and we want to play videos and we want to do all this stuff. And although that can make for a very dynamic presentation, if everything works, when it doesn't, that can make for a huge distraction to your audience. You can lose time trying to get the tech. And the thing is, you can do your dry run, you show up early, you test everything and it all worked. But then when you're live, it's not working. (laughs) And so 
even though I know how dynamic and impactful all of the bells and whistles can be, I have adapted the model of just keeping things pretty simple. I have slides, but I'm not dependent on them. If something happens and they go down, I can roll on without them. And I can think about one of my last presentations before um, things kind of shut down with COVID, my slides, the wrong slides were submitted. And so it, when I pulled it up and it was ready to go, I realized that wasn't it. And I had somebody behind me pulling up the right one, but I, I started talking because we, I knew how long my presentation was and I didn't have 15 minutes to fiddle around with that. So I started talking and then when they got the right presentation up, I was able to quickly advance to where I knew I was in, in talking. And so then I was there and there were people afterwards that were absolutely amazed by that. Like how in the world that you do that? Well, because I keep things simple and I know my stuff. And so if you know your material inside and out, it doesn't matter what happens around you, you can still deliver. It doesn't matter what happens around you, you can still deliver. And that is what is most important. Don't, don't get tripped up by small things. And this is almost like a life lesson, not getting tripped up by the small things and just continuing to press forward. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And I have seen people completely melt down when things don't go the way that they wanted them to. And, and if we are professional speakers, the assumption is that we know how to figure things out. That's what separates us from amateurs. And so if you know that you can be tech challenged or that venue, maybe just, just make it as simple for yourself as you can so that you don't open up yourself for uh, Murphy's law to happen to you. <laughs> so. Exactly. I, you know, yeah, I could, I could probably come up with all kinds of little cliches right now, but absolutely, that's all I've got. That's all I'm going to give you. <laughs> if there was one last thing you could tell our listeners for how to get out there, be fierce, and own the microphone, what would it be, Aisha? Really to focus on the change that you want for the audience. I think too many times, and, and I talked about this in your book, Own the Microphone, we get too caught up in our own egos and we get on the stage and we want to impress people. And so we're not thinking about them, we're thinking about us. And so if we are truly going to be transformational speakers, we've got to show up to serve and not to impress. And so that means as you're preparing, before you even decide what you're going to talk about, that first question you need to be asking yourself is what does that audience need from you? What do you want them to think, do, or feel as a result of, of being exposed to you that day? And, and no part of that answer is about you. If you're selling a product or a service or trying to get people to do something as a result of your presentation, that's secondary, but first you got to show up to serve. I could not have said it better. Focus on the change you want to see in your audience. Focus on what it is they're going to know or be able to do by the time you finish with your presentation. Focus on 
saying to yourself, I want these people to be in a better position after they walk out of here than what they were when they came into this presentation. And, and I, I keep coming back to finding your own voice and you, everybody's not going to be the motivational speaker. Everybody's not going to be the, the person that inspires or the person who's an expert. Figure out which personality is you, and that is what you go with. I, I'm going to give a very, not very personal, but just kind of a, a quick story that I have. There was this company that were looking for contractors uh, to be speakers, uh, to deliver some workshops and so on. So I put my hat in the ring. And part of the process was I had to, of course, submit a video, two minutes, I think, max. And they gave you something of a script, but they wanted you to personalize it. And they told you exactly what you needed to cover, but then you needed to give it in your own voice, if you will. And I ended up not getting the opportunity, you know, great information, nice resume, impressive, so on and so forth. And so I said, well, you know, you always want to grow and be better. So I said, well, where did I miss the mark? And not to be egotistical, you know, thinking, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. How could they say no? Right. It wasn't that, but I was just like, okay, well, what did I get wrong? And they told me, you tend to be, and I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember exactly how it went, but this is what I heard. You have a, a very energetic presence and a very energetic presenter style and we're looking for someone who's a little bit more conversational and a little bit more toned down Bridget you're at a 10 and we need someone at about a four <laughs> was essentially what it boiled down to mm -hmm. and I was okay with that yeah you know, right I was okay that was not the voice that they were looking for and it's so important for us to to not feel like you have to be a Bridget or that you have to be an Aisha, but you have to be a you. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't dare write them back and say, oh, but I could be conversational and toned up. No, this, I just was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I wrote them back. Okay, I really appreciate that feedback. That makes sense. All the best to you with, with your, your search for the right person. Yep. I mean, and I'm so glad you shared that story because Yes, there are too many times that when we find out someone is looking for something else, we try to be something else. And we've got to recognize that there is a stage for you, no matter who you are, but you've got to own who you are. And if you're, if, if you can't stand in that voice, because you're chasing what you think you should be then you're never going to be able to truly grow as a speaker. And just like there's somebody that will say, nope, you're not for me. There's the other uh, opportunity that will say you are everything we've been looking for, but you, you just go. gotta be who you are. There you go. And it's not enjoyable if you try to, right, put this round peg into a square slot. It's not going to be enjoyable. You're, you're, it's going to be painful yeah. to get through this presentation. It's, it's like if you've always been an accountant and then all of a sudden you decide you want to become a bus operator, <laughs> so yeah. vice versa, it doesn't fit you. And in the beginning, as a, if you're just getting started, if you are trying to be someone you're not, you won't ever build your confidence either because you can't, there's always going to be this dissonance there because you know you're not 
being who you truly are. And so once you settle into your identity as a speaker and your own voice and your own tone and all of that that comes with it, then you will feel great every time you get up because you know you're just being you. And you can't tell me I'm not me because I woke up 45 years ago and I was I Chicago born. I woke up this morning and I was 45 and I was I Chicago born. So you can't tell, I am fully confident that I am I Chicago born. You can't tell me that's who I'm not. And so if you figure out who you are as a speaker, then nobody can tell you, well, you need to be something else because you know, this is who I am. Yeah. Get on the stage and be yourself. I oh, I wish we could find other words to say, to express that because it's so very important. Yeah. And have I gotten on a stage and tried to be someone else? Absolutely. One of my first presentations was uh, you know, at a, an academic conference and all the speakers or the bulk of the speakers that I had seen were people who were professors. And I'm trying to find one of those professors that I really liked a lot and be that professor on the stage. And it just wasn't enjoyable. And so it didn't take me long. I mean, just a few <laughs> minutes in where I was like, okay, let me give them the real deal, Bridget here. Right. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's really about just staying out of that comparison trap. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to, whether it's speaking, whether it's social media, you know, it's so many things that we do, even in just in our personal lives, you look at the person down the street and they got a bigger house than you or their husband's better looking than yours or their kids are smarter. We're always comparing ourselves to other people and there's no joy in that. And so you can't let that affect who you are as a speaker either. You know, speaking of social media and speaking of comparing yourself, I recently saw a meme of sorts or a post of sorts on social media that read something to the effect of you have a bunch of kernels in the same pan or in the same microwavable bag or whatever being exposed to the same temperature and over the co- and they're exposed to that same temperature for the same amount of time, but some of those kernels pop and turn into popcorn and others just remain as they are. And we cannot compare ourselves to somebody else because it's just not our time to pop right now. Maybe it's not yes. <laughs> to become popcorn and it's okay. Uh, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Kim, all right. Let's, let's talk about that too, because I, <laughs> there are a lot of and, and you and I are both speaker coaches. There are a lot of people that are focused on the business side of speaking and working with people. And they're telling folks who are just getting started, like, oh, you need to be charging $10,000 and you need to be doing this. You need... And you, you never even talked to more than 10 people on a stage and you're trying to send somebody a, a, a $10,000 invoice. And you don't even know where you're coming from yet. And so that, I I just want to step back and and thinking about what you just said, you might not be popping yet. And that's okay. Because the people who are popping, they've put in their work too. 
they've done plenty of free presentations. They've, I mean, it's no different than even like stand-up comedians. Before they go and they take a show on the road, they'll go to the little improv club on the corner and they go and they workshop their material. And so we can't let people get in our heads and say, oh, well, you ought to be here and you ought to be charging this and this ought to look like that when that's not where you are yet. Because then when you're not getting those opportunities that you want, then you'll start to question yourself too. But that's just not where you are yet. You'll get there. And of course, on the other side of that, when you, when you know you're bringing that value, yes, you need to be willing to charge what you're worth. But you got to put your reps in. You do. I plain, plain and simple, you do. Uh, and, you know, not just the, the practice in front of audiences, but also reading and learning your industry and learning your, your discipline, your content, uh, your, your, your content, your, your, you are a subject matter expert. Uh, even if, whether you're a motivator, whether you are, it doesn't matter the personality that shows up on the stage, whatever that topic is on which you're speaking, they're paying you not just for that 60 minutes or that 90 minutes that you are up there, but all of this wealth of knowledge that you bring that they could not get elsewhere for 60 or 90 minutes. So you have to put in that time, whether it's attending conferences, attending workshops, reading books, reading blogs, conversing with others who are in the industry, whatever. But like you said, you have to put in those reps, just like the athletes put in the reps in the gym and on the field and so on. You have to put in your reps and, and sharpen, sharpen those skills and sharpen that knowledge base. Mm. Yeah. Yes. It takes time. It does. Okay. I, I know it was like 15 minutes ago that I, I posed the question of, if there was one last thing you could tell the audience, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, everybody. This is it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I, you know, I, I, the, the last thing that I would leave with the audience is the recognition that you don't have to be perfect to make an impact. And we're all on this progressive journey. The more you do it, the better you'll get. But that doesn't mean that you have to be perfect before you start. And no matter how many mistakes you make or how many critiques you have for yourself, because quite often we are our own worst critics and just recognizing that when you show up, when you've, when you've done the work, when you've prepared to the best of your ability, but most of all, you're showing up to serve. You've thought about your audience and what they need from you. And you come in and you give them that to the best of your ability, you will make an impact. And so don't let comparison or perfectionism or the lack of experience that you have right now keep you from moving forward. I second that. I second that all day long. My favorite thing that you just said was you don't have to be perfect before you start. Just start somewhere and everything else will come. Aisha Cogborn, thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for having me. And, and I look forward to uh, serving in any way that I can. Speaking is such a powerful thing in our world. And so uh, wherever you are in that journey, just keep doing it because everybody isn't called to this. And if you're listening to this right now, it's because you are and you know you are. So just keep showing up. That's it. Keep showing up and showing out and owning the microphone. Until next time, I will reach out with more fantastic conversations with uh, killer speakers like Aisha. Thank you so much. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. <laughs>